Welcome to Mac Bites, episode 15. I'm Elaine Giles and I'm here with my co-host Mike Thomas. In this episode we'll be discussing iPhone apps, the BBC iPlayer and we have a competition to win some fantastic new software. But first, important production news. Mike's in London so for the first time we're doing a long distance recording. Can you hear me London? I certainly can. Here I am in a hotel on the banks of the River Thames. Unfortunately, my room overlooks not the Thames and the London Eye, but a mainline train track. So, although it's uh, half past 12 at night, uh, apologies for any train noises that you might hear in the background. Right, well, let's get on with it. And London, can we have your votes, please? Oh, whoops, sorry. Wrong programme, wrong programme. <laughs> no, you go first, you go first. Back bites, and no. you've got news about your scanner. I have. Uh, if you remember from the last episode, uh, I recently bought a Fujitsu S510M, a new scanner. Um, and uh, one of the problems I had was that when I scanned pages, uh, I was getting coloured vertical lines through a lot of them. So I uh, contacted uh, Fujitsu Siemens Customer Services, who were actually great, and uh, they sorted out swapping it for a brand new one. I've tested it out, and I'm scanning away quite happily 140-page magazine in about three minutes. Which is a huge improvement over your old scanner. It is, which did a 140-page magazine in about 45 minutes, I seem to remember. Yes, life's going to be so much easier now, isn't it? And quicker. Yes. And for me, uh, catch up, the continuing saga of Adobe TV and the iPlayer router crashing. Well, I've got to say, I can't believe how many people have contacted me with similar stories, or even just to say that they've been following my progress with it. Um, quick recap, systems of the uh, symptom of the crash... All the lights come on on the router, are static lights, not flashing, and then religiously, three minutes after you start streaming, the router resets itself, and if you leave it, it takes anything up to 20 minutes to reconnect. It's a lot quicker if I force another reboot, but still not great. As I said last week, uh, all's well here with me now, but only because I've reconfigured an old Netgear router to connect to B, and I've stopped using the B box completely. And uh, many people asked me about the B-Box with the problem. Well, it's actually a B-Box, but it's a branded Speed Touch 585 Revision 7, which is manufactured by Thomson. Now, Thomson also manufacture the BT Home Hubs. So if you've got a similar problem, but you're with BT, that might explain it. Um, I'm afraid I can't find any more details from the BBC or Adobe or Thomson or BT actually, or even B. Um, there's lots of people posting in the B forum, but uh, no news regarding what all those concerned are actually going to do about it. So if you've got access to another router, it might be your only hope at the moment. Uh, many of the people contacting me were looking for details of the actual configuration that I used with my Netgear. Um, it is very, very different to the default Netgear configuration. So I've written up a blog post which details the settings that are working for me, um, it did have to go through a manual reset of itself, which was pretty scary. Uh, my Netgear is a GT845PN. Um, quite old now, I think. Must be easy pushing 18 months old. Uh, we got that one when I set the last one on fire, didn't we? Mm. Well, when I say set on fire, it clearly wasn't my fault. Um, it, it, we lost the internet, and um, Mike said, shall I go down and reset the box so i said yeah sure you know it'll be quicker goes downstairs comes back i said it's not back yet he said uh, no i didn't turn it back on there's smoke coming out of it so i said mm, best unplug it then so uh, we got a new one at that point and that's the one that we're using so i'll put details of that blog post in the show notes and uh, hopefully anyone who's got the issue might find it useful and uh, let us know how you're getting on and if you've got the problem then at least you know you're not alone um i thought i was going mad when I figured out what it seemed to be, I thought, I, this is just too weird. Because I assumed nobody else could possibly have that issue. Or there'd be an outcry, and there just didn't seem to be much information at all. But uh, maybe we should start a petition. And we will return to the iPlayer later. But uh, next, be there. I also mentioned after the um, iPlayer Adobe TV issues that if anything else stopped working on B, I'm not using the B box, I'm not using the mail, I'm not using anything really other than the connection. And I said that if anything else stopped working, there'd be nothing left. And guess what? Major calamity last Saturday, no access to the internet at all. Still connected, DNS was working after a fashion, you could get to a couple of sites. Uh, B was okay, BBC was all right, but you couldn't get 
anywhere else. And it was amazing how many people just appeared on the B forum. So they were using other connection methods, you know, VPNs, 3G dongles, iPhones, mobiles. Within an hour, there was over 800 people online and 50 pages of a where's my internet gone thread. But uh, kudos to B, they were back online within about 90 minutes. It was a heart-stopping moment as I was thinking, well, that's it, that's the last thing gone and I'm going to have to move on. But no, they came back, and uh, it's been all right ever since. It was actually the day that Russia invaded uh, Georgia, so we, we were con- contemplating whether that had anything to do with it. But no, it's back, and it's fine. And on another happier note, I got my free 30-day extension to Mobile Me, and after the slight hiccup of two weeks ago, when catastrophe hit my contacts, it's been OK ever since. Now, it's dangerous saying that, But I'm touching wood and uh, hopefully it'll be all right now. And I've got my free 30 days. You know, I don't think I've got my free 30 days. Ah, well, you didn't lose your contacts, did you? That's true. But you did get a mail, didn't you, saying that you would? Mm. Uh, Get the 30-day extension, not lose your contacts. (laughs) I'll just chase it up. (laughs) You should do. Give them a chance, though. There's no point sending a mail, is there? Uh, I'm, I'm still not convinced with mobile me mail my mail's coming in where i'm having a problem is i'm sending to other people and they're still telling me that not every mail is coming through so um potentially problems there maybe but i've got my 30 days so i don't have to renew for another three weeks now so um thank you apple happy with that one of the things i've done in the last uh, couple of weeks is install twinkle and i did that on your advice Yes, Twinkle was the first app that I um, for Twitter that I uninstalled, and then I needed to reinstall it because Twin um, Twitterific went down, and I love it. I think it's great. What I was interested in was seeing the uh, geo twittering in action. Um, I think was that the one that we uh, we had running at the Liverpool store. It was. That was the one I had because, like I say, I'd uninstalled it. Twitterific just died on me. It it was it would start. It would show me the the homepage and then just crash. So rather than play around with that one, um, I downloaded Twinkle again and installed it. And uh, I found it worked very, very well in Liverpool. Yeah, what I've been doing is following people from a distance. What you can do is you can choose to follow people within uh, the sort of five mile radius of where you are, 10 mile radius, 50 mile radius, which is the default, or even further afield. So I've left it at uh, at 50, in fact, kilometres, not miles. Um, I've left it at 50. Um, And there's a little nearby feature, which is where once you set it, um, it will show you any tweets from people in that area um, and uh, I've picked up some uh, some new followers on Twitter in fact today whilst I was coming down on the train um, I was looking at the the nearby section and I noticed somebody called Mac Jim we have a Mac Jim that's right I know that we have a, a Mac Jim who's one of our uh, our followers on MacBytes so I replied to him and I said uh, are you the Mac Jim that follows MacBytes now he didn't reply back but I did get uh, two emails that said uh, MacJim is following me personally and MacJim is also following MacBytes. And when I checked, the MacJim who we already had isn't the new MacJim. Oh, so we have two MacJims. We have two MacJims. And I'd like to say uh, welcome aboard MacJim number two and <laughs> also hello to uh, MacJim number one. Yes, we can't leave MacJim number one out now. <laughs> We can't, no. I've actually been um, having a look at the nearby ones. Um, I did make a comment. Something funny happened uh, about 10 days ago. We were out in the car and we had the dog with us in the back. We came to some roadworks and um, the driver... I mean, this is just bizarre. The driver of the car next to us wound his window down and barked at the dog. And I just felt that that needed twittering. I mean, to say that the guy was barking was an understatement. And uh, a guy locally tweeted back to me with um, a suggestion as to why, which I won't repeat, we'd lose the clean tag, but uh, very, very funny. And uh, another one is a guy called um, Zach underscore Manchester. And he is just hysterical. I haven't actually tweeted with him, but I read his comments and they're really, really funny. So um, it works very well. Like, it's a very good way to start Twittering because one of the problems with Twitter is if you don't know too many people who are on there, you haven't got people following you and you've got nobody to follow. So um, if you have an iPhone, this sort of takes care of that. 
Yeah, and uh, talking of Twittering, um, we had our uh, NW Mug, our Northwest Mac User Group meeting this week, uh, and I think there was an iPhone special interest group, wasn't there? Oh, there was. Um, in fact, not only was it an iPhone special interest group, I think there was a, a splinter group within that of uh, Twittering. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I think about 80% of those who were there had an iPhone. Uh, we had a good discussion, didn't we, on uh, iPhone apps. Yep. We had uh, lots of recommendations and lots of comparisons going on. Um, we met uh, Perfect Shadow and Steve Robb, who, in fact, uh, we knew, but we didn't know their Twitter names. And um, they actually knew that we'd arrived before we walked through the door, thanks to Twitter. That's because I was sadly twittering that I had arrived whilst still sat in the car. And yes. Steve was following me and I was following Steve, but I didn't actually know that that was Steve. What he'd done was he'd taken his little avatar picture with the eyesight, but he'd applied an effect to it and it was that dark I couldn't actually make out who it was. Um, so, so that was quite a revelation. And I did manage to get connected to Perfect Shadow eventually, uh, but it was a couple of false starts. All Twitter's fault, of course, not ours. Um, he tried to follow me using Twinkle and it said yep that's fine you're following this person but it never actually came through on twitter so he then had to unfollow me and refollow me for it actually to get get through and work but all was well in the end refollow you and unfollow you. i think i follow that mm, yes it, it, it worked it's mm. a bit like turn it off and on again <laughs> ah you see now sport. you're happy now you understand now i understand yes um we're having a bit of a competition, aren't we? We are. In fact, I think you, you, you've got a plea to some some of our listeners. Yeah, well, we were live Twittering the event, really, weren't we? Much to the annoyance of those who weren't uh, who were following us, but who weren't there. And I want to know why there are more MacBytes listeners following Mike than are following me. Now, people, it just won't do. I shall now say it shamelessly plug my Twitter name in the show notes. And here as well, it's Lane Giles, no spaces. And Mike and I can fight to the death for followers. Sad, I know, but it's got to be done. It's got to be done. I actually have more followers than Mike, but um, they're Adobe user group managers and, and they're not MacBytes listeners and it's just not good enough. Does that count, Adobe user group managers? Oh, yes, they all count. They all count because when it, when it went down a couple of weeks back, that was a major crisis. So they all count. Every one of my followers is very important to me. I just want more MacBytes followers so we can we can chat. That would be very good. We've had a good chat tonight over the um, iPhone update and it, it works very well. We actually had a good meeting at the uh, NW Mug. Barry did um, a demo of delicious bookmarks and uh, Steve was showing us his 3G dongle. Now, that's not as rude as it sounds. And it was actually something we were thinking about buying anyway for our trainers group. Um, we've got a cloud account and it's a bit flaky um, at the location we're at. Um, they seem to they've had a refurb, haven't they? And I don't know what they've done, maybe replastered and the connection's not as good as it was. So it was really great to see that in action before we made the decision and it worked very well, didn't it? It did, yeah. And we were also comparing cases for the iPhone and screen protectors. Um, I don't think anybody had the same, did they? It went from completely naked to swathed in rubber and silicon. And uh, it was ours that were completely naked. Now we are about to lose our get our explicit tag. Yes, but it was only the iPhone that was naked. Okay. Um, I, haven't, I haven't got a case at all for mine, nor have I got a screen protector. Um, I just keep it in um, a little bag that actually my um, digital camera came in. And uh, it seems to be doing okay so far. And everybody else's was black, wasn't it? They were saying they got the black because they thought the white would get dirty. But um, mine's not looking at all too bad. How's yours? Mine's uh, mine's okay. The only problem I have is when I use it after eating something like a bag of crisps, it gets very greasy. Well, that's just your own fault, isn't it? Good mm -hmm. grief. I actually find it gets worse um, when I've actually made a telephone call rather than being playing about on the screen. Um but you did manage to get us a very nice cleaning set, so, so I have a dedicated cleaning cloth for it. And uh, the other thing we talked about was that you can't get your number, your own number. So um, when you connect to the cloud for the first time, um, you get free cloud access with an iPhone. But you actually, it, it, it may, it didn't ask you, did it? But it did ask me and it did ask one of the guys at the group. It asked you to put in your mobile number and he couldn't remember it. So I had to give him mine so he could ring me and then I could tell him what his mobile number was. And then he was happily surfing on the cloud. So um, that's a bit of an odd omission, isn't it? 
So unless you've actually transferred your own card from a dress book and you've actually managed to put your own number in there, that's the only way you'd get your number. Yes, that's something I noticed because on my, my old phone I could get my own, my own number up and it, it is something I uh, wanted to do when we had our original numbers, um, our temporary numbers, but uh, obviously you couldn't do it. Mm. Strange, but there you go. And we were all comparing free apps as well, weren't they? And um, they, a lot of people had free apps I didn't have, but more on that later as well. And did you uh, download any of the ones that um, were mentioned on the night? I think I did, yeah. We'll uh, talk a little bit about those later on. Yeah, I did as well. And um, I've been doing some serious research, as um, people who follow me on Twitter will no doubt know. And while we're talking about Twitter, another use we made of Twitter this week was um, to mention the Northwest Adobe Group Photoshop event, which was online. And um, I posted the URL on Twitter and a few people came along. Um, I think they were all MapBytes listeners as well. And uh, we had a general good time, didn't we? We certainly did. Yeah, we were doing uh, makeovers of um, photos. And we actually had the photographer there and it had been a very bad day. And he was dumbstruck wasn't he with what i did with them so uh, we should put mm. those on the blog the before and after in the show notes that would be very good and i've got a confession to make now haven't i going back to a discussion we had a couple of episodes ago um, about application launches and a problem i was having with quicksilver i'd install a new app and i'd have to restart quicksilver before i could use it at all now, Dave Verwer got in touch and said that if you used Command and R, it would refresh the catalogue and you wouldn't have to restart Quicksilver, which was great. Couldn't wait to try it. And guess what? For a few weeks, Quicksilver behaved itself impeccably. So I couldn't get to try this magic shortcut. But finally, it misbehaved and I did. And I couldn't get it to work for me. But uh, you had more luck, didn't you? Yeah, I installed a couple of apps this week and what I've been having to do in the past is, as you say, um, either restart Quicksilver or actually run the application from either Spotlight or directly from Finder through the applications folder because if I install an app, I tend to want to, to check it there and then. So I thought I'd try Dave's uh, little tip out. So I ran Quicksilver with uh, control and space because that's the way I've got it configured. Uh, then I pressed Command and R and then I typed the name of the app and uh, lo and behold, up came the app immediately. <laughs> would do, wouldn't it? It would not do that for me. Well, I gave up. After almost a year with Quicksilver, um, it crashed once too often on me. It had been crashing. Not a great lot, maybe three times a week, something like that. But I decided I would go and try LaunchBar again. Um, I'd already had a license for LaunchBar. There was a promotional event on something like Maxot, and I had actually bought a license. So it was no problem to try it and give it another go. Um, at the moment, I'm liking it. It's fast, and I've actually found it easier than Quicksilver to configure some of the more advanced options. So um, at the moment, I'm liking it. It's on the iMac. I've still got Quicksilver on the laptop. Uh, it doesn't seem to be as bad crashing on the laptop. Uh, and I've got them configured so they both run with the same shortcut. Uh, so what I'm waiting to see is, do I miss the more advanced features that I've now configured in LaunchBar? And if I do, then... I shall be losing Quicksilver completely. Um, there's actually quite a bit of debate going on about the future of Quicksilver. Um, I was reading a blog post and one blog post led to another. Um, and even the uh, developer of Quicksilver said it might be an idea to give LaunchBar a try. So I know he's working on something. and can't wait to have a look at that. But uh, that was his advice. So it's not actually dead but um, it's sort of in, in a strange state at the moment. So um, I can recommend giving LaunchBar a try. There is a free trial, and um, I certainly like it, so uh, it's worth having a look at, especially if you've got problems like I did. And now, I... No, you see, you think it's going to be iPhone, 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 but it's not. iPlayer, iPlayer, iPlayer. iPlayer. Yeah, a new one. Oh, yes, after my great fun with it. Well, this week, high-quality feeds appeared in the iPlayer. Or at least they did for some. And guess what? That did not include me. You know what's coming? They weren't there for me. After all the grief with the router and the iPlayer Adobe TV over the last few months, I wasn't really surprised. But when Mike found that he had the high-quality option and I didn't, that was enough. Sorry, had to drop everything and track down what on earth was going on. Um, I thought it could be that it wasn't there in Safari, which it certainly wasn't for me. 
So Mike had a look in Safari and it wasn't there for him either. So I thought, oh, that's, that's not too bad then. So he said, I'll have a look at Firefox. So as he's running Firefox, I'm trying one of my <clears throat> many other browsers. 17? Yep, other browsers. And I'd actually made a fluid iPlayer browser. And uh, I got that one up and high quality not there for me in that either. And just as I was literally saying, wasn't it, don't tell me that the high quality button is only there in Firefox, you said, hmm, it's there in Firefox. So I ran Firefox, cursing, mumbling and generally going on with myself that I didn't actually want to use Firefox to view the high quality feeds. I wanted to view them in any browser. I tend to keep Firefox for all my Google work. I opened Firefox and the high quality button still wasn't there. So at this point, head scratching, had a look round. I tried all my other browsers. It wasn't there in any of them. So I had a look at the code. You had a look at the code. The code we were behind each page was identical. Uh, very st strangely written, I might add, but identical. And then we decided it had to be the version of the Flash Player, didn't we? Now, obviously me, on the bleeding edge of Adobe technology, I'd got the very latest beta installed, beta, uh, a 10 point something. And you had the, uh, a beta installed, but your beta was older than my beta. I think mine was a point naught one, and yours was a point naught three or something. Well, it clearly said on the instructions when we eventually found the right page, the high quality button would only be available if you had the latest Flash player. Well, to me, 10, the latest beta, is the latest Flash player. But what they actually mean is the latest one was version 9. So, um... It was strange that it was there for you in Firefox, so maybe your version was half working. My version wasn't working at all, and I had to roll back my Flash Player to the latest release version, which is 9 point something. So if you are trying to use the iPlayer and use those high-quality feeds, and there is a big difference between the normal one and the high-quality one, um, you may need to upgrade or indeed downgrade your Flash Player. So always worth knowing. And the other thing is that's, again, a bit weird. Um, if you've missed something and you want to watch it sort of three hours after it's been on, it's unlikely the high quality option will be there. It takes them a few days to get the high quality one uh, loaded into the system. But all good news in the end. And um, once I'd got the right Flash Player version, it appeared in all my browsers, every last little one of them including Navigator, which I've still got going. It does keep moaning about upgrading, but I keep telling it no, no. And um, it was even there in that. So um, upgrade or downgrade your Flash Player and you should be fine. Did you downgrade or did you leave it? I left it. I left it and it works. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It doesn't work in Safari? No. I'll have to use Firefox. You'll have to use Firefox. Hmm. Well, I decided it was broken enough to warrant fixing it. Um, I don't think that was the issue with... No, it wasn't the issue with um, the router crashing because I did all of that. I rolled it back. I rolled it back to version 7, I think, and um, it was still doing it. So there's definitely something on the server side of that causing problems. So um, latest Flash player, 9 point something, and I was sorted. Well... It's been out five weeks, uh, but we've still got uh, quite a bit of iPhone news, haven't we? We have. Something that I found was um, a secret iPhone app blacklist. Um, this was a story that I picked up on the register, uh, and I'll put the URL on the show notes, but I think it's been picked up elsewhere. A researcher has discovered a URL that's buried in the iPhone hardware that appears to point to an application blacklist, potentially allowing Apple to retroactively remove applications that it decides no longer fit the bill. Now, uh, the URL links to a file on apple.com, which is called Unauthorised Apps, that seems to contain a test entry called Malicious and described as being really bad. <laughs> now, I think we may have actually seen a couple of those um, apps already uh, blacklisted, or maybe they were just uh, pulled off the App Store and, and not blacklisted, I don't know. They were pulled off the store, but they weren't actually deactivated remotely. Um, one was that uh, cinema listings, and the other was NetShare, that lets you um, tether your iPhone for wireless connectivity. I believe they are still working if you have them. Uh, but if you haven't, then you can't buy them. But they haven't been deactivated yet. And, of course, there was that... Um, 
red sapphire that went for a thousand pounds. Oh, that that yes, the ruby, wasn't it? <laughs> the ruby. I, I am rich. That one was called. But again, that wouldn't really be something they'd need to deactivate. It didn't actually do much. The problem with that was idiots buying it i can't believe eight people bought it before they pulled it i can assure people it wasn't me i am not that stupid that's ridiculous it wasn't me i'm not that stupid nor that rich <laughs> no i definitely i think people were thinking it was a joke and that at some point it would come up and say it was a joke but uh, i certainly wouldn't test it just to find out but there you go other people did still with the iphone have you um, noticed anything with the backup sometimes it can be fast and sometimes it can be slow yep it's really weird mine was always reasonably quick um, but I know I, I've heard other people saying it, it took an age and then all of a sudden mine made a really slow backup. The next one was OK, then it was back to slow again. Yeah, I've had the same problem and uh, a couple of things that I've found. Uh, you can stop it. So when you're actually running or when it's running the backup, all you need to do is, is click that little cross uh, over on the right hand side of the, the, the sort of header bar of, the, of iTunes. Um, but you can also um, disable it permanently via a terminal command and I'll put that information on the show notes um, although that will permanently disable it so it's a good idea to go into the terminal now and again uh, re-enable that command and do your backup mm. One thing I have noticed is about uh, five days ago I started getting um, a crash report telling me that MD Crash Reporter had crashed I know that sounds strange, but that was that was the message. Uh, you got an option to either ignore it or restart it, and no matter what you did, it just went away, and that was that. But then the next time I plugged my iPhone in, I got the same message. Now, the iPhone was backing up fine. It was synchronising fine. I was just getting this message, so I rebooted the machine thinking it was that. And no, I was still getting the message, so I thought again, oh, only me. Um, but no, a couple of people at the Mac group were saying they had the uh, same thing as well. And they'd not changed anything, I hadn't changed anything, and it's still doing it now. So it's um, a little dialogue box that just sort of says, MD Crash Report has crashed. Um, do you want to send a report, ignore it, or restart it? So I've no idea what's happening with that one either. I haven't really had the chance to uh, do much research on that. But I take it that's not happening with you. It's not, now. No, you'd be the blessed one, wouldn't you? I've also had um, issues where... I've downloaded applications, either updates or new ones, and I get a message that says the, whatever the application name is cannot install unknown error. So I sat there looking at it thinking, what? Um, but again, if you just click OK and rerun a synchronisation with the phone, so far, the second time I've done it, the application has installed fine and, and it's working fine. Don't suppose that's happened either, has it? It hasn't. <laughs> it's always one, isn't there? So... Unbowed tonight, literally half an hour ago as we're recording, the 2.0.2 update came out and um, I grasped the opportunity with both hands, started downloading, updating it. Didn't wait for anybody's feedback whether it, it killed the machine dead. Um, it took an age to download. It was 247 meg but it took nearly half an hour so I obviously picked a really bad time. Everybody was trying to download it. Um, I elected to download and install it and it gave me lots of feedback uh, saying it was downloading it, it was unpacking it, it was flushing it, it was doing this, it was doing that and everything went tickety-boo, it's fine. So um, it was alright for me, you can't do it because you're stuck in the middle of nowhere. Well, I wouldn't call London the middle of nowhere, but... I would, I've lived there. My iPhone doesn't sync to my uh, laptop's copy of iTunes, so no, I can't do it for that reason. Oh, well. Well, at least it'll download quicker for you, because um, the rush will be over by the time you return. Mm. We've been looking at some uh, iPhone apps as well um, this week. I've got to start off with uh, Simplify Media, which is, is so cool. The first 100,000 downloads of this uh, from the App Store were free. Now, they may have actually um, hit that, that target by now, but it's still, it's still quite cheap. I think it's only about $3. Um, you install a copy on your desktop. You can install a copy on your um, iPhone. In fact, it doesn't have to be on your desktop. It can be on a laptop, whichever is your, your main um, iPhone, um, iTunes library. Uh, and you can then invite up to 30 people, they call them friends, but 30 people to actually share your iTunes library. 
and I've dangerous. been using it t- today. It is dangerous because um, you might get slaughtered for your type of music. So I think you might have to to hide some of the uh, the music that you're a little bit embarrassed about. That's all your eighties stuff gone then. Nothing wrong with my eighties stuff. No, no, Baltimore. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, Goombay Dance Band. You do realise there's people listening to this podcast who who weren't born at that time mm. and have no clue well, who the Goombay Dance Band are. We'll cut this bit out, won't we? No. Uh, yes, ah, yes, okay. fine. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Before I mention any of your embarrassing uh, records. Yes, which now, I won't. now you come to mention it, yes, yes. Which I won't, because this is a serious podcast and I'll get back to the serious business. <clears throat> Sorry. No, I was, I was, Video uh, Killed the I Radio was... Star was mine. <clears throat> Mm, that was your first one, wasn't it? Was, it? it was. It was. The first single I ever bought. Anyway, right, serious business, serious business. You were saying? Yes. So um, I was uh, I was travelling to work this morning uh, and I had my, uh, my Simplify Media running on my iPhone and it was picking up directly the... the um, music playing from my uh, my iTunes. I've completely put you off now mentioning app. these 80s things, haven't I? Mm. <laughs> Sorry, I'm behaving myself now. You were listening to your iTunes library remotely. I was listening to my iTunes library remotely. All you've got to make sure is that uh, Simply Simplify Media is running on your um, master computer, if you like, your, your desktop. And also the iTunes is open and then you can connect to it. I've found that if, if you've got uh, Edge or if you've got uh, GPRS, because I tend to work out in the wilds, um, then it's, it takes a long time to buffer it down. But, but um, certainly with, um, with Wi-Fi, which I've got in the hotel tonight, and, um, and 3G, uh, no problems at all. I was, sit- I was sitting in the hotel tonight and I had um, Simplify Media running and I had iTunes running. And it uh, it picks up all my um, playlists from home. And it picks up all your playlists from home as well, um, because you've got it set up that uh, that I'm a a friend or a trusted person or whatever you might want to call it. So that's Simplify Media, great piece of kit. There was another one that did a similar job uh, that we looked at. If you remember, it was on offer when the iPhone very first came out. Can't for the life of me remember what it was called, but it was payable. So with this one being free, uh, maybe the other one would have worked just as well. But this is free, so it's well worth a go. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called either, but uh, I do remember us do remember us looking at it. Mighty Docs is another application I've installed, and that allows you to view Google Docs. You can't edit them, um, and at the moment it doesn't allow you to view presentations, but you can certainly view spreadsheets and, um, and documents that you've created with Google Docs. Another one that we bought this week was a Splash Shopper, which is a shopping application, and I think we talked a little bit about that last week, didn't we? We said we threatened to buy it. Um, the, the sticking point was um, it seemed very similar to one that we used to use called Handy Shopper on um, the Palm platform. Um, sticking point was you cannot configure the um, currency symbol. So uh, everything's in dollars. But apart from the fact that everything is in dollars, which, you, which you'd imagine would be something that you could configure, um, I think it's a really, really good app. Um, I actually think it's probably better than Handy Shopper. So uh, I'm really pleased with that. And the developer did say that he would look into uh, making the currency symbol changeable. So um, with that in place, absolutely unbeatable. We did mention Zenby lists. The difference is um, really the amount of information that you can store about each item on the list and you're not limited to just shopping lists. Um, It's really configurable where you can actually configure the field names. So you have custom one and custom two and you can change those to be whatever you want. So I know from my experience with Handy Shopper that people built all sorts of databases with it, um, book references and all sorts. So um, it was $5.99 for the iPhone version and the desktop version, which has to be the iPhone compatible one, was on offer at Maxot, wasn't it? And that cost us for two copies $19.90. So I think it was um, on half price offer. So really our our decision was made for us, wasn't it? It certainly was. Another app that I found this week, a freebie, was Digital Clock. 
and I thought, you know, this could be really cool. I'll uh, get a cradle, I'll put it by the bed, I'll put my iPhone in it, and, you know, I can have it as a clock. So when I wake up at, at some silly time, I can just look at my iPhone and see what time it is. Oh, but... sad, sad, sad. <laughs> it doesn't stay on. You know, it, after, after you know, two minutes or whatever, the iPhone just turns off as normal. So it, it doesn't stay on. So there's not a lot of points having it. Also, at the moment, there's no configuration. It's it's bright red like those original uh, digital watches many years ago. Now you're going back um, to the 70s. I am. You really are showing your age. I had one and of those watches. I had two of them. Oh, always got to go one better, haven't you? You can't change the format either. I know a lot of people wanted it to be 24-hour format, but you can't change the format. And then turn turn it to orange and, and pretend to be watching 24 mm. with sound effects. Actually, this is sounding better. I could spec this out for the developer. Another application... You're totally ignoring me now, aren't you? Another application... He's totally ignoring me. Uni- <laughs> another application is Units. Now, there's uh, three or four of these around. In fact, wasn't the three or four actually called Units? There were, because you said to me, this is a good app, have a look at it. And I typed in Units, and up came three actually called Units and another called Units Pro or something. And I was like, whoa. But I knew which one you had, because only one of them was free. Not that I'm calling you a cheapskate or anything. Yeah. It's it's a conversion app. It's again, it's a useful one. You can put in um, pounds, and it'll tell you how many ounces. Or you can put in miles, and it'll tell you how many kilometres. Um, there's there's one for storage. Now that's not talking about storage in a cupboard. That's talk, talking about storage for geeks like you and I. So you can put in um, number of bytes, and it'll tell you how many kilobytes and megabytes and gigabytes and terabytes. Um, and then when you go to the about on this app, it says, um, if you like this application, please consider giving a payment through PayPal so that us penniless students can continue developing. And there are some links to some of their other apps, one of which is a train times app for the UK, um, which may, with me having travelled down by train to London, I found very useful. File magnets, which we discussed last week, allows you to take applications off your computer, off your Mac, and put them on your iPhone. Um, and I've actually used that this week. I've got a PowerPoint presentation, uh, which I'm having to use for my Vista training that I'm doing down in London. So so that I could have a, a copy of it, I've stuck a copy on my laptop, which I've got with me, uh, but I've also stuck a copy on my uh, iPhone. So I've, I've got your know, belt and braces should anything happen. No, you've got the ability to show off is what you mean. Well, that's right, mm. yeah. But I've been told I'm not allowed to show my MacBook or my iPhone because they'll all want one. <laughs> and these people I'm training have just been given Vista and a brand new IBM laptop. Well, of course they'd want a MacBook. Keep it hidden. Now, um, you've been uh, you've been doing some um, research, haven't you, into some apps? Oh, I have. I've been working so hard. Last, last, last I heard, you were looking at productivity apps. <clears throat> yes, I was. Notice the was there. But I found some good stuff free. Um, it, it all started at the Mac user group. Um, there was, um, you didn't mention that one, that dice game. Um, something X Dice that uh, Marky J had. Let me have a look what that's called. Motion X Dice. That's right, it's on my iPhone. Yeah, it's a free a app. Um, it's not much of a game, I don't think, uh, but then I, I don't really play those kind of things. But what it does do is it shows off the features of the phone fantastically. Um, you shake it and there's five dice that, that wander about the screen and uh, it gives you feedback, you have vibrating feedback. So that is actually really good to show off the phone. It's um, the new iPint, I think, that one. So what other apps have you uh, been looking at? Um, I found one called Triss. You'll you'll notice a trend here. <clears throat> they all seem to be games. Uh, it's one called Triss, which is a Tetris type thing. Um, I didn't really play that the first time round, but um, again, it's not a bad use of, um, for a demo purpose. So I, I had a few games of that. Really enjoyed that one. Um, I also noticed that there was one called Spinner, and it's Spinner Prologue. Uh, it's free at the moment. It's a maze game. 
Uh, and what's, what it seems to be is there will be a paid version. So this one is, is like the light version, um, but they've called it a prologue. And you've got to move this dot about the screen. The graphics aren't thrilling, but uh, it's the gameplay. The gameplay is not at all bad, so uh, it's worth a look at. Um, I'm pretty useless at games, so I didn't get very far with it at all. But uh, I shall keep trying. Uh, I also got Simplify Media, and uh, yes, I had a go with it and it worked. But um, although I have left the premises, I took the dog for a walk for a start, um, he's not the type of dog that I could actually appreciate music with. So I, I didn't have a go with it while I was out. He's, um, he's a sled dog and he likes pulling like crazy. And I was last seen holding a telegraph pole as he spotted a cat, but that's a whole other story. So uh, anything that uh, I can use the iPhone for when I'm out is pretty much off limits. Uh, what else did I get? I actually... Um, oh, I've found another freebie, which is a really good one. Um, you've probably seen these adverts for Nintendo Brain Training. No. You've not. Mm. This this comes of watching the ITV, doesn't it? And never watching an advert. Um, it's, it's sort of very basic calculations and it's the speed that you can do them and stuff like that. And I looked at it and I thought, I actually quite like that kind of thing. Well, I found one, and again, it was free, called Brain Tuner. And um, it gives you calculations and the calculations actually have answers to them. So it doesn't want you to calculate the answers. And they're basic things like um, 5 times 6 is, and it gives you an answer. And if it says sort of 50, then you should immediately know that that's wrong. And what you do is you click one of two buttons. You either say it's right or it's wrong. And then you get a point uh, if you're correct. And you can choose to do 20 of these things in a row or 100. And uh, I've had a couple of goes with a 20 and uh, I quite like that. I like that kind of thing. Um, then I got into um, I got another another couple of freebies which I haven't actually had the chance to try. Uh, Shazam, which is a music identifier. Um, theoretically, you're supposed to be able to play some music elsewhere. So if you imagine that you've got some music playing on a radio and you think, I wonder what that song is, you run Shazam on your iPhone. You hold it next to the speaker, and it will tell you what the music is. Now, I'm going to have to give you an update on that next week. I haven't actually tried it yet. Um, the only downside I saw of that was it is free, you need an account and somebody said it was only a trial so I haven't looked into that yet but um, I quite like the idea of it so I downloaded that I also got um, the Last FM application I haven't actually created an account there yet but um, I think it would be a good idea we should have a MacBytes one and we could put all your 80s stuff on there that would be really cool. That way uh, the listeners can suffer as well. So I'll sort that out and then I can listen to it on my last FM application. And then I got into paid toys. And yes, I have splashed some cash. I've got two word games which I absolutely adore. One is called Muddled. It's a word puzzle game. And it's how many words you can make from a selection of letters. And it was only £1.19. And uh, I like that one. But even better is one called Quirdy. Quirdy. And that is very similar to Boggle. So what you do in Boggle is you have um, dice with letters on. And you shake them, they fall into a grid, so there's 16 of them, they fall into a 4x4 grid. And you've got to make words, um, as many words as you can, in I think it's two minutes. And the letters you use have got to touch, so it's either up, down, left, right, or diagonal. And uh, that is just so addictive. And again, it didn't cost that much at all, it was uh, £1.79. And uh, I must have played that a good couple of hundred times so far which is unheard of for me but I really like that one uh, but that's not it that's not all brace yourself you see while you're away the cat is away and the mice are playing what else have I got? Crow-Magrally listen what does that sound like? I don't know Oh, last. <laughs> I've only been threatening it for weeks and weeks, haven't I? Oh, mm. good grief. Now I've got it running. I can't turn it off. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, this isn't good. No, come out of it. Stop it. Shh, shh, shh. 
Right, serious, serious podcasting business. Yes, Chrome or Growler. I'm so bad at it, it is untrue. I mean, I was really bad uh, the first time I had a look at it. Story behind Chrome Rally is while we were in the queue waiting for an iPhone, that lovingly long six hours that we had, um, one of the guys at the Apple store, one of the creatives, uh, said, here, have a go with my iPhone, and he'd got Chrome Rally on it, and there I was, playing nicely. I mean, I was no great shakes on the day, and I thought maybe a little bit of practice. I just loved I loved it. You, you go around a track, and you collect stuff, and you can choose uh, the character you are, as uh, like a caveman and a cavewoman, and you can choose the vehicle that you drive as well, and you can even make it a race. To say I'm not at that level yet is an understatement. Um, I actually kept turning round and uh, luckily it tells you if you're going the wrong way <laughs> because I was <laughs> I'm, I'm just so bad with it um, I tried I forgot that there was a control on the left hand side to move you forward and back and I was tipping the phone forward and back to move forward and backwards it doesn't do that it turns you upside down so there were a fair few crashes but um, I'm hoping to improve <laughs> since I couldn't get much worse so it's no longer Super Monkey Ball I don't have Super Monkey Ball, but I do have Chroma Rally. I look forward to seeing it on my return. Mm, you see, you go away and um, I turn into a gamer overnight. Mm. <laughs> Moving on, Dave Verwer, who's a friend of ours from the uh, Northwest Mac user group and also from NS Manchester, which is a group for Cocoa developers, he has uh, recently brought out a, a product which he's developed called Speakerpedia. And what that does is it automatically uh, converts a Wikipedia article into the spoken word. It's simple to use. What you do is you run the program and it loads Wikipedia up into the built-in interface, which is independent from a web browser. Although I'd like to see a Speakerpedia button in the browser, like uh, 1Password has, for example. So you can search for a topic, either using the built-in search box or the standard Wikipedia search. Uh, load in the page and you just click a button that says Speak It. Uh, what it does is all non-essential text is filtered out and it leaves just the main article. It might split it up into a, a number of different uh, uh, tracks uh, and you can choose which sections within your article you want to convert into speech. You can either convert them all or you can pick and choose. Uh, and what it does is it takes the main picture that's found within the uh, Wikipedia article and uses that as the album art. And once it's done its stuff, once it's uh, done the conversion, the article is automatically stored into iTunes as an album uh, and each section is then uh, automatically made out to be a track. What you can do is you can then put it onto your iPod, your iPhone, your Touch and uh, have it with you uh, whilst you're on the move. It is leopard only. It takes advantage of the Alex speech technology that's uh, that's built into Leopard, which is the leading edge English speaking voice. That has got to be so great for educational use. I wish I'd had it way back in the day. Um, I'd love it if it could do pages from other sites as well. Um, I can see the benefit of it just being Wikipedia, though, because you sort of know the structure of the page and it's probably uh, much better to be able to put together something that you know what's coming but uh, kids must find that absolutely brilliant what a way to revise not like making notes and, and oh it was horrendous wasn't it back in the day it was i mean you could do it on the train you could do it whilst you're out walking the dog um yeah it's a, a great way to learn for for those people that that like to learn in that method in that way now there is a 14-day trial, a free 14-day trial available, uh, and if you like what you see, then you can purchase the full version for an introductory price of $9.95. Uh, and that pricing applies until the end of August when the regular pricing is a mere $14.95. Been developed by, as I say, uh, Dave's company, which is Shiny Development, and the website is shinydevelopment.com. Now we have a competition, don't we? We do. We've got three licenses to give away to three lucky listeners, and all you've got to do very, very simple. I've kept it simple because I'm too busy playing Chromag Rally. All you've got to do is send an email to macbytesuk at gmail.com. And one, say, I'd like a licence, I'd like to win. And two, this is the interesting point, 
say which Wikipedia page you would convert first. And the funnier the better, but please keep it clean. So which one would you convert first? Which would I convert first? That's put you um, right on the spot, hasn't it? No, it's the one that I used to test it with. It's the, the Munich Air Crash one. Ah, uh, that's because you're mentioned on it, isn't it? Exactly. Yes. It is. Yes. I'm not so sure. The, the, the page in Wikipedia I'm mentioned on, or one of my sites is mentioned on, is very, very short. Maybe the, that should have been the question, which Wikipedia page is one of my sites mentioned on? Mm. Mm. No, that's too difficult. Well, we have mentioned our sites back in episode eight or nine. That's true. Yeah, force them to go back and listen again. No, that's too much. Mm. We'd lose listeners. No, 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 we won't do that. <laughs> no, well, all we need you to do is say, yes, please, I'd like a licence, and the Wikipedia page I'd like to convert first is... and then astound us with your brilliance. And the three that we like the best will win the prize. Yeah, sounds good to me. And coming on to events... We have a live meeting this week, so if you are in the area, which is on the Timperley Sale border, we are having a meeting on Wednesday the 20th, and we're going to be looking at uh, Creative Suite applications and how they work great together. But, obviously, lots of you are not in the Manchester Timperley Sale border area. So, we'll be running the same event online in September, so just a couple of weeks to wait. You are all very welcome to attend, and I will give you details next time of how you do that. It's very, very simple. All you need to do is type your name into a box, and all you need is the Flash Player. And, for reference, any version of the Flash Player after 7 will be fine. I'm not as naughty as the BBC. We also uh, have a couple of Geek Ups to let you know about. August the 20th, that's the same date as our NWAG live event. But uh, anyone who happens to be in the Leeds area, there's a Geek Up in Leeds. And September the 3rd, there is a Geek Up in Sheffield. And of course, uh, geekup.org, you will find more details of all the Geek Ups. Right, well, that's it for this episode of Mac Bytes. Always assuming that we've got this far, if I get the files, etc, etc. And as always, we would love to hear from you. Please send your questions, comments, queries by email to macbytesuk at gmail.com or even send us an audio file. I keep trying to tempt you to do that. You can keep up to what uh, you can keep up with what we're up to via Twitter. Uh, we are at MacBytes, uh, Plurk, but I still am not into Plurk in a great way. Uh, we are MacBytes on Plurk, and you can subscribe to the RSS feed at macbytes.co.uk or leave a comment on the show notes. And until next time, this has been Elaine and London Boy, Mike, bringing you MacBytes. Goodbye and see you next time. Goodbye.